This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Welcome back to Kelly and Ramya. Grant Hardy, he's uh, at the home studio in Vancouver, filling in today as Ramya is away. Kelly McDonald, the home studio in London, Ontario, welcoming you back to the program wherever you are listening in, watching. Uh, we appreciate your time. And we were talking before the break, Grant, about rats and just the, the queasiness and the fact that all through, it seems to be the world, we're hearing these different stories and people somewhere making the best of them, as we talked about on the show one day, about rat tours in New York. But you just want to talk about something that makes your skin crawl. I remember doing some throws for AMI-TV, and I think we were down at uh, Metro, now formerly Ryerson, and standing there doing these throws when we were done. Hey, Kel, we got them. Let's move along. And then I was told, by the way, there were some rats capering in the grass. Didn't use the word <laughs> capering. I'm just using that because it just sounds cool. Uh, in the grass behind you. And I just, oh, you talk about the blood running cold. Oh, sure did. Um, yeah. And speaking of rats, I've got a terrible segue, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, there's <laughs> always something new going on here at AMI, and we keep you posted on new content programs and initiatives. Today, we're joined by actor, added to his resume, comedian, DJ Damaris, to talk about one more time. Deej, welcome back. Nice to have you with us. Thank you, Kelly. What a segue. Speaking of rats. <laughs> I'm so not sure I quite get that. <laughs> Let's let DJ open the door. Let him in. Um, first of all, buddy, congratulations. It's absolutely, you know, when you talk about people you, that you know, you've worked with, you see people who want to do something and they get a chance to do what, you know, not only... Let's look at your, your case here. Not only get out there and be a comic of notability on so many shows, making appearances, being around, but also segueing into the actor. And we'll, we'll get into that because um, we're talking about, hey, man, I have an interest. This would be kind of cool to make into a screenplay, into a story, into a series. But we'll get to that in a moment. First, give us a, an overview of One More Time. Uh, One More Time is a sitcom that just came out on CBC and AMI-TV and AMI-plus uh, about DJ, played by me, who's the manager of a used sporting goods store in the fictional city of Corverton, Ontario, Canada. And he's just a, uh, he's a former pro hockey player, not NHL, but he, he played pro hockey, retired, came back to his hometown, and he's he's managing this sports store filled with all sorts of zany wacky characters and uh it's it's a workplace comedy and it's pretty i think it's pretty funny i think we made something a little bit weird and oddball and, and i'm pretty proud of it and uh it just came out just premiered this past tuesday oh man that's fantastic honestly that's like my lifelong dream is to have sort of a, my own little sitcom so i'm super super impressed that you have that tell us how how did the show uh, come together I wrote the show a couple years ago, and, uh, you know, honestly, I've wanted to write something for a long time. Like you, Grant, it's always been a dream of mine, so I finally said it was the pandemic. Stand-up was on hold for the most part. I was doing some shows on Zoom and whatnot, but for the most part, I was just sitting around the house, and I said, if I don't write something now, I'm never going to do it. So I just I did it. And I, I wrote it about this huge sporting goods store because I worked in one when I was in high school in Kitchener, my hometown. So it's kind of always been in my, my mind a little bit. So I said, what's a workplace that I know that I can see some 
crazy stuff happening in. So I, I wrote it and never in a million years. Well, I shouldn't say never in a million years because I, I always create goals for myself, but I never expect to reach them because I don't want to feel that disappointment, I guess. Even that sounds too fatalistic. I'm somewhere in the middle of expecting to reach them and not expecting to reach them. But yeah, CBC liked the uh, the pilot script that I wrote and, and we were off to the races. Funny when you think about what the pandemic gave us, you know, as we left it and you stop and wonder, would you have ever got around to having the time as you focused on the, you know, career as a comedian to, to do that, to sit down and write it out? I'm sure you would have found that time to write it out, but to just go the right route or whatever to find where, when you're going to make that pitch. How did that go? Um, where did you take it when you sort of at what point got to where you thought, you know what, I'm here. I, I want to share this. Well, that's why I always say the pandemic was the best thing that ever happened. Uh, I get a lot of funny looks when I say that. Oh, yeah, I don't I give people contact. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just, I, I honestly, I just wrote it. And there's a production company called Counterfeit Pictures in Toronto that uh, produced my second stand-up special, Interpreted. And I've always had a good relationship with them. And so they asked if I was working on anything and I gave it to them and they liked it. And from there, it's kind of like, they're like, hey, we like it. We're going to pitch it around. But these things take time, so be patient. And CBC was the first person we pitched it to. And they were like, we love it. Let's make it. And then Counterfeit was like, oh, even though they say they love it, these things take time still. And then like a month later, we're writing. And then like six months later, we're shooting. So it was like, from what I've been told, like everything that's happened is just extremely rare in this industry for how quickly everything moved along. So I don't know why. I don't know why God smiled upon me in this particular instance. But um, but yeah, once it was out there, once it was in the hands of the people who are actually capable of making this, it was it's been a pretty quick ride. You're getting old. That's why God knows. Oh, man, we can't waste time with this guy. Let's get at it. Uh, that is so amazing. <laughs> it really yeah. is, man. Uh, Deej, we're going to take a look at it here. Let's see, folks. We've got a trailer. Let's take a run at this and see what we hear, see Deej doing here to promote this. I hear this is pretty good. Got some big news for you, buddy. I'm getting a promotion? Absolutely not. I spent the last three months taking intensive sign language classes. I don't know sign language. What? Well, we can't quit. We work too hard for this. Hey, we don't use that word out here. What, quit? No, work. You're going to eat nothing but raw spleen for four years? Why don't you ask Christine the Spleen Queen Levine? Three, two, one, one more time! Now streaming on AMI+. I want to know about people um, working with the people uh, being a comic, you know, you do your thing, you develop your material, but thrown into this, I've heard you have had a great time. And I'm going to tell you, they sound like in sync. The, with the cast, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. With the cast and everybody you're working with. Yeah. The cast, um, well, like you just saw them like, and they're honestly, they're, I've never done this before, you know, so you go into it and you're like, I hope we're going to have chemistry. And then honestly, there wasn't a single day where I wasn't super excited to go to set. Everybody is so talented and so great to work with. And that includes the cast, but that includes all the behind the scenes people. There's so many people who go into making a TV show and the vibes on set every day were just incredible. The writer's room was incredible. And the cast mm. is just so funny. Like it, you know, it's, 
you you see how funny they are in the audition and everything. So you you know coming into it that you're you're gonna have capable actors. But then once you're actually in the moment, watching them work and working with them, being scene partners with them, super fun. The most fun I've ever had doing anything. I mean, I love stand up too, but this is just a different kind of. The collaboration really makes it really fun, man. I I loved it so much. I have nothing but great things to say about the entire process. I know that the pandemic was incredibly hard, mainly for people in the arts, especially like we said, uh, stand-up comedians, anyone that sort of relied on those live performances or connecting with their audiences. How were you able to create, like, keep your creative juices flowing and come up with a whole sitcom, be positive, you know, just get through it in the face of uh, all the difficulties that we faced during the pandemic? It's a good question. I feel like, you know, it was tough for comedians and people in the arts. Obviously, like you said, live performances were shut down, but there were people who had it way tougher than that. There were people who were actually for sure. getting sick with COVID and there were people Absolutely. not being able to see their loved ones. And so trying to keep perspective, it was bad, but I was at home with my wife. We we hung out. Obviously, financially, things were a little rougher without stand-up, but we both had our health. Um, so keeping perspective that it could be a lot a lot worse and, and um, life wasn't that bad. But that being said, creatively, I was starting to make a lot more like Instagram reels and TikToks and stuff because I, I had no other outlet. It kind of made me realize how important it is to me. I took it for granted as a stand-up because you get on that path and you're like, this is just what I am but you forget like that you actually kind of need it, uh, you know, uh, to feed your soul, if I may wax way too poetic. But um, so I, I kind of filled the void with doing that kind of online content. And the the sitcom that I wrote was actually kind of, because I was living in LA and there were protests going on and, and also the pandemic and just political Mm -hmm. stuff it was there was all sorts of kind of dark stuff happening so i think the writing of the sitcom was almost a response to that darkness me wanting to write something that would make people feel good for the half hour that they watched it so i think the darkness quote unquote was actually what kind of fueled me to try to write something that feels like it has a bit of light to it so process so you write it you pitch it, it gets accepted. Now, what is your role? A mainly actor, you sit down, you were talking about the writer's room a while ago. How much involvement in the creative do you have per episode? Uh, I'm involved in everything. Like there's the showrunner, Jesse Gabe, and me, and we're kind of the two um, lead, the two people leading the way. We're, we're leading the writer's room. We are in the editing room every day with our talented editors kind of um, working with them on a granular level. I'm leaving nothing to chance. I'm, I'm working on everything with this because it says created by DJ Demers in that title. So I don't want anything to reflect poorly on me. I really, this is my baby. And uh, I'm so invested in every single element of the show. And like I said, I love it. So I, I, I'm learning so much at every step of the process. And, uh, and I'm, I'm very involved and I wouldn't have it any other way. Filming and accessibility, man. What was it like from uh, that point of view? Well, filming and accessibility, when we first started filming, people were still wearing masks because that's been the way it's been on set for a few years now. And for insurance reasons, I think it makes it easier for them if 
if everybody has a mask on, but that only lasted a couple of days. And I think, I don't know the full scoop, but I think it might've changed because they saw how bad I was struggling because the masks for me with my hearing loss are just, I can't read lips. It's, it really makes things a lot worse. And and they were really doing the best they could. The production was, they made the masks that have the clear window in them so I could read lips. But, you know, they move a little bit. You can't read the lips anymore. Or if they're speaking from the side or they fog up. So it's not a perfect solution. So the first couple of days were were rough. And then I was so excited when we got rid of the masks. Like, I just felt like a cloud had been lifted. I knew the rest of production would be a lot better and then there were a couple of days like where i had my hearing aids out there's a couple episodes where like i lost my hearing aids and and uh so i don't have my hearing aids in through the episode and we had to take them out when i was filming too obviously so i couldn't hear anybody and it's a great way to build trust and rapport with the cast and crew because very quickly they had to people would have to kind of let me know through sign language, made up sign language, because I don't sign, but to let me know that the director yelled cut or somebody would tap me to let me know that the scene was about to start since I couldn't hear. So all sorts of little things like that that were very vulnerable for me um, individually as a real person, but I like to believe that vulnerability kind of bled into the into the role as well because that was the whole point of, of that episode that, DJ and the show is supposed to be vulnerable. And I felt very vulnerable in real life too. I love it. I love the sharing, the things that people will learn f- uh, of you, of the characters and and having that fun, Deej. Um, big time, congratulations, my friend. Thank you very much for giving us time and talking about it. A lot to take away. Thank you very much, Kelly. Great to see you again. You too, Grant. Thanks, uh, Thank thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, we'll get you back on here, and good luck for, to you and everybody. DJ Damaris joining us on the program one more time airs Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv. You can also find it over on AMI+. Join us on Mondays when we do our AMI highlights. Coming up in the next hour of the program on Know Your Rights, Danielle McLaughlin discusses a class action lawsuit that has been filed in the Ontario Court of Justice against the Attorney General of Canada. And on our Independent Living Skills segment with Leanne Barda, we get some tips on how to host a dinner party with vision loss. But up next, Ottawa Community Reporter Kim Kilpatrick stopped by to tell us a little bit about SnowGo and SnowGo Assist, which helps older adults and people with disabilities with removing snow. We'll be right back. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.